You're listening to the podcast of Antioch East Baptist Church in Magnolia, Arkansas. This is Pastor Ron Owen. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have any comments or inquiries, you can send those to us at aebc123 at me.com. this morning. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we are back in our study of Romans. Hallelujah. I'm very excited about this. Very excited. And uh, it is going to be a great uh, time. Uh, And chapter 8 is just good. It's just some great stuff. Uh, We have already preached on verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to go all the way to verse 8, even into 9. But uh, our main text is going to be Romans 8, 1 through 8. The basis of our being declared innocent. Now that is what it says in verse 1. It says, therefore there is now no condemnation. That is, there is no declaration of guilt. Now the opposite of that is, yeah, I like those amens. Thank you. The opposite of that is we have been declared innocent, which is called what? Somebody said justification. That's what the word justified means. It means a legal declaration that we're not guilty. All right? Now, the rest of it, uh, he, he, he has to, he goes negative here, but negative in a positive way. Is that right? Okay. But let's stand together and read the scriptures starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak. The law couldn't save me because it was weak. And and I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. uh, Through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Fleshly minded, that's what that means. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, now listen, is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse 8, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I'm going to read verse 9. It's not going to, I'm not going to touch on it much except on the ending. Listen to this. But you are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And we'll talk, preach about that next week. But hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Th- Heavenly Father, please help me to preach your word today uh, so that folks can understand it. That those who have not believed in you and that uh, maybe are, are maybe you've put them on a path of, of, of uh, hungering, for salvation. I pray, God, that you would 
draw them to yourself today. Open their eyes. I pray today that someone would place faith in you and be saved and that would have to keep the water in the baptistry for weeks and weeks to come because of folks coming and trusting in you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And this may be a two-parter. I don't know. I'm going to do my best. I may go a little fast because I, I just would like to get all of this in. But here we go. The basis of being declared innocent. Now, as far as introduction goes, let me give you three things. Number one, in Christ, I have a legal sentence of innocence. In Christ, Brother Tim liked to ran right then. I, I don't blame him. I may be right behind him. I have a legal sentence of innocence. No condemnation. God has declared me not guilty. I have in Christ life in the Spirit. I was dead before I came to Christ. And when I got saved, there's something inside of me as miraculous as Lazarus getting out of the tomb. I got a new birth in Christ. I became a new man. Old things passed away. All things become new. Hallelujah. I may just preach an introduction today. This is good. Number three, in Christ, I have liberty from sin. Liberty from sin, free from sin. Now, I still sin. I still deal with this flesh, but I don't do it like I used to. I don't want it. I hate it. I wish I could overcome it. But I want to tell you something. I may sin a dozen times today and 50 times tomorrow and a million times before I die. None of it can affect my standing in Christ. Amen. You say, well, Brother Ron, you believe, you Baptists believe you can live any way you want to. That's true. But if you're truly saved, you want to live righteously. <clears throat> but if I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if my heart condemns me, the Bible says that there's one that knows what is right, yeah. that I am his. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, next, how is this made possible? How are these three truths made possible because they seem impossible? Most religions today, folks will tell you, you got to be good. You got to do this, you got to do that. We just covered that a lot the last month. And you got to do something. There's only two religions in the world religions that teach you go to heaven by doing good works, and, and the true religion, which teaches that salvation is only by grace through faith in Christ. You can't do enough good works. Even if you never sinned, what works do you think you could do to earn streets of gold? You can't even afford the one on the asphalt street you live on now. No, my friend, their sins have got to be paid for. And you can't. But thank God, God did by sending his son. Well, amen. Number one, we are declared not guilty. We have a basis of innocence in spite of the flesh. <clears throat> That's what he's teaching here. He says, first of all, it's in spite of the flesh. Look at verse 3, uh, first part. It says, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. See, you can't be saved by the law. That is the keeping of the law. The Ten Commandments, if you would, and all of the subordinate commandments under it. You can't keep it. You know, how many of you ever lied? I'm raising my hand the highest. <laughs> Preacher, I heard a guy, I told y'all, somebody called me a holy man one time. I said, don't tell my mama. She will prove you wrong. <laughs> somebody had to do the preaching. God picked me. Oh, we've all lied. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? We could go through all 10 of them, and maybe we hadn't done them in action, but in our heart we have. Right. We've done every 10 of them. We are sinners by nature. And the law could not save us because we can't keep it. 
In verse 3, we see the law was weak through the flesh. Now, this doesn't mean weak in majesty. The law of God is his innocence, is his holiness. It is glorious. But my friend, it can't save you because you can't do it. So it's not the weakness is not in the law. The weakness is in your flesh. It's way up there and you can't do it. You say, Brother Ron, I'm better than you. And to which my wife would probably say, you're right. <laughs> but guess what? I'm not the standard. And the one who is the standard is way far beyond your reach. Jesus Christ the righteous. So we're in trouble in the flesh. Not weak in majesty, but weak in ability to save. The law has no power to save, only to condemn. This is because of our lawless flesh. The law is what you stand before when you get in trouble here uh, in earthly and you go to court and the, the, the judge says you're guilty. Not because he thinks you're guilty, but because the law says you're guilty. The word flesh is used 11 times in these nine verses, in particular in reference to the fleshly mind. Our mind is, has not yet been redeemed either. It will be one day, but it is affected by our flesh. Verses 6 and 7, look at that. Verses 6 and 7 says, For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Carnal means sinful flesh. That's what carnal means. It's not a candy. Carm okay, I thought that was funnier now. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. Anyway, carnal means fleshly or fleshy. Verse 5 explains that those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Our flesh, our mind, our spirit were all sinful and dead before we were in Jesus. Here in the midst of moral, uh, 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 excuse me, here in the midst of the most glorious, happy verses in all of the Bible, we find the most appalling, frightening verses in God's Word. Because it tells us, apart from Christ, we're doomed and we don't even realize it. To understand the glory of being in Christ, you must understand the gravity of being in the flesh. I often wonder why folks don't react like Tim did a minute ago and why we don't get excited and why we don't have tears and we don't have shouts and we don't have joy. So many Christians don't have it. And I think it's because they don't really realize how far from God they were and how close to eternal damnation they were. Or they've forgotten or they don't think about it enough. Now listen, I'm going to preach something to you that you've heard a lot from me. You've heard a lot from this pulpit, and you think, Brother Ron, he just needs to get on a different string. Well, I want to tell you, you know how I preach verse by verse of the Bible, so if it's being brought up a lot, it's because God brought it up a lot. So I don't apologize for repeating myself. Our flesh, our mind, our spirit, we're all sinful. Listen, we do not grasp, we do not fathom the momentous gravity of our situation. I'm going to give you six reasons being in the flesh keeps us from being in Christ. Or six things that show us how far away from God we were. And if you would realize that, you would shout because of that cross. Not that one, but the one that actually Jesus died on. The one that one represents back there behind me. Number one, those that are in the flesh are spiritually dead. 
My friend, if you're without Christ, you're dead. That's why none of this makes sense to you. That's why you laugh at the preacher. That's why you don't see why you ought to read your Bible or pray or go to church or live right or, or, or not do the things that the Bible tells you not to do. You don't understand those things. It's because you don't have the life to understand those things. You're dead spiritually, the Bible says. I was dead spiritually before I came to Christ. Verse 2 says, the law of sin and death. The Bible says that you were dead in Christ. God said to Adam, well, well uh, verse uh, 6, to be carnally minded is death. So if all you were was carnal, you're dead. Yeah. Now look, God said to Adam, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And he did. The day he ate of the fruit that God said not to, he died spiritually and also began to die physically. But God in his mercy, let him keep living so he'd hear the gospel and understand God. But he died immediately, separated from God forever, in danger of hellfire forever. The day they ate of that fruit, they did not immediately die physically, but they did die spiritually. Listen to Ephesians 2, 1. Now listen, and you he made alive who were dead in trespass. Not sick, not ailing, not confused. Dead man can't think, a dead man can't hear, a dead man can't see, a dead man can't act, a dead man can't choose. Dead. Verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Unmerited favor of God. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive. He has made alive together with him having forgiven you all of your trespasses. I should have put a note up there. Shouting goes here. <laughs> Romans 3, 9. Listen to this. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin, therefore all dead. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. Why? Because they are D-E-A-D dead. It's unfortunate that most preachers in Christendom I actually just believe that you're just really sick. But there's some God spark in you. I tell you, there's nothing in you but fleshly rebellion and sin against God. Number two, those are B in your outline. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Uh, you have a bulletin and on the back of it a place to take notes. And so I, I hope you do that. Now, uh, let me see. Though number two, or B in my outline, those that are in the flesh desire and do the things of the flesh. I mean, we look at TV and say, oh, my goodness, how can those people act like that? How can those people do that? How can because that's their nature. It's who they are. It's who you'd be if Jesus hadn't stepped into your life. Well, I'd never do anything like that. Oh, but yes, you would. The heart of man is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Who knows how bad I could get if left to my own device? So those that are in the flesh desire to do the things of the flesh. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh. The word live means to exist. The word live there means to exist. Those that exist in the flesh. That's all you do before Christ. The New American Standard Bible translates this phrase, for those who are according to the flesh. I like that. Those that are according to the flesh. 
And that, along with your old sin nature, is all you are without Christ. Are you hearing me? Now, I know this is not fun. It's really Bible study, but it, it ought to get good to you here in a minute. Two, the Bible says there in, uh, what verse is it? In our text, it says, set, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. It's what they want. Well, Brother Ron, there are some people who don't believe in Jesus who are good people. Yes, for their own good, because they think it's going to do better for them. Maybe they had a good mom and daddy that taught them some standards right and wrong, and it took. But they don't do it for the love of Christ and for the love of God and out of a heart that's been transformed by Jesus. These are not instructions on how to set your mind on the Spirit, by the way, but statements of fact. Look at it. Uh, where are we? For, for the law, verse, verse 3, for what the law cannot do in that it was weak through the flesh, Christ did. Look at, uh, uh, for the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's just a simple fact. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. These are fact-based statements. Romans 3.11 says, There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Aside to what? I don't know we can name a number of things, but I'll tell you one thing it's away from, and that is God. Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. And if you are dead spiritually, guess what? You can't discern things that are spiritual. Number three, those that are in the flesh are enemies of God. Our enemies, I'm telling you what our scripture is telling us. Look at this. Verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity at odds, at war with God. If you don't believe that, you don't believe that, Turn your TV on. Turn your TV on. Watch some news. I'm telling you, the, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It doesn't want God. Tonight I'm going to be preaching on Psalm 48, I believe it is, and, and I'm going to use a little excerpts from, from the humanist manifesto. And let me tell you what, human, the basic tenet of humanism is there is no God, there is no afterlife, there is no supernatural. Where do they get this? They get it from their own sinful heart. They are, are at enmity with God. If you don't like church, if you don't like the things of God, if you don't like the people of God, if you came today because mom and daddy told you to and, and you don't really care about these things, my friend, that, that angst that you have against the things of God is not because of us. We're good people. Say amen. amen. Uh, it's because you're at enmity with God. Those that are in the flesh are enemies of God. Thayer's uh, uh, definition says of enemies, it's actively hostile, hating and opposing another. That's what we were. That's what I was before I came to God. Number four, those are D in your outline. Those that are in the flesh are rebellious against the commands of God. Verse 7 says, it, that is the common mind, is not subject to the law of God. 
The person who is still in the flesh does not want the righteousness of God. They hate it. Oh, they want to go to heaven. They just want to go on their own terms. I'm sorry, but God's the boss. That's why he gets the name God. That's why you can spend a concert singing about and in uh, uh, singing about adultery and drunkenness and drugs and cursing and swearing and end it all with amazing grace and think that God approves of your filth. Or a Christian that thinks that they can listen to music and watch shows that have adultery and drunkenness and homosexuality in it and drugs and cursing and swearing and come to church and think that they're okay. Because you're acting in the flesh. We live in those things without Christ all the time. Those that are in the flesh, E, cannot obey God. You say, that's a big statement. I know. God made it. He's big. He said, nor, look, look. our last statement was, the, uh, the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Now listen, nor indeed can be. John 6, says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Now a lot of people say that means woo, entice, invite. Really? Have you ever tried to woo, entice, invite water up a well? No, you drag it. You force it. You have to crank the head. No, this means draw as in drag. It's used in another place where Paul it says that they drug Paul outside the city. Same word used of drag there in that verse. No man can come to the Father. Uh, no man can come to me unless the Father who sends him draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 6, 65, he repeats himself, and he said, Therefore I've said to you, no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. John 14, 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I am sure most of us have never really considered what this verse is saying here. Now listen, listen. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, unless one has been transformed, unless one has been saved, he cannot perceive the kingdom of heaven. He cannot even see it. Now, my friend, today I'm going to preach the gospel to you. And inside of your heart, you're going to have a stirring. And I beg you today to respond in faith and believe in Jesus. And when you have come and given your heart to Jesus, you turn around and praise God for his glorious grace. His glorious grace. This church is praying for your salvation. We can. God told us to. We're praying that you get saved and come to Christ. Oh, see the plight that you're in. How far away from heaven you are and how close to hell you are. Jonathan Edwards said, you're like you're swinging over hell on a, on a stalk, on a, on a string of corn silk. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, so, it mean, so he means here, cannot comprehend. Why? Because we're dead spiritually. But God in his mercy and grace comes to us. And he opens our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive him. Oh, do so today. Amen, church. Amen. I'm going to go on. Uh, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
Before Jesus saved you, you had no ability to please God with good works or with faith, for that matter. You had none. Do you not see the plight that you are in? Listen to me. Do you not feel the weight of your lost position? Can you understand the eternal gravity of your sinful, rebellious, God-rejecting, spiritually ignorant, wickedly rebellious state? Oh, to God. Today men would see their standing with God and come to him. Our point is this. Now listen, I'm getting to something better. Our point is this. In spite of being all of this, we can be saved. Amen. How? Well, verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did it. God did it. Hallelujah. I was going in my iniquity and down the road. I remember that Wednesday night. I had been dealing with it. I was just eight years old, but I remember the struggle the weeks before I came to Jesus. And I would say to myself, well, I tell you, if Jesus comes back, I'll grab mama's hand. I'll go up with her. I was eight years old, folks. And I knew I was lost. And one day I said, what is this? By God's mercy, he made me realize where I was. I said, what is this? I want to be saved. I want to be righteous. I want to be Christ's. What am I doing? He said, that if the preacher's not lying to me, he wants to be my Lord and Savior. He wants to make me his. I thought you had to go to church to be saved. So I was waiting for Wednesday night. Y'all heard this story over and over again. And that Wednesday night, I couldn't wait for him to quit preaching. I didn't tell my mama that. And finally he did, and they and Wednesday nights, they gave an invitation of sorts, and I went down that aisle, and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I went feeling like I was the worst sinner in all the world, Brother Fred. I was actually an eight-year-old kid. I was pretty good because my mama was real mean. <laughs> she had a switch that reached the whole house. Everywhere in there, she could reach. So I wasn't a really bad kid, a little... Uh, hyperactive. I know that surprises y'all, but. <laughs> and I went, boy, as soon as that invitation started, the devil started. Yeah. All those people, they don't want to see you. You're, 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 you're just the son of two poor parents. Most of these people have money and they're rich. They don't want to see you down there. They don't care about you. Oh, he started. And I told him, I said, devil, you go back where you came from. I'm getting saved tonight. And I walked down that aisle, and I'll be honest with you, I probably got saved about where Brother Williams is. Because that's where I, I had I called on the Lord. I already was on that way. And when I got down the altar, I fell in that altar with the weight of my sin in the world on my shoulders. And I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me my sin, and take me to heaven. And I, I didn't understand a lot of these things I'm explaining to you today. I just knew I was a sinner, and Jesus said if I'd come to him, he'd save me. And when I did, rolled away, rolled away, rolled away. All the burdens of my heart rolled away. My sins were gone. I'm going to sing it. You ask me why I'm happy, I'll tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I'll say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far removed.
removed as darkness is from dawn in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Hey, that's good enough for me. Praise God. My sins are gone. God saves his people and he'll save you today. You say, Brother Ron, does he want me? Yes, he does. He'll take you just as you are. Come to him by faith and repentance and he will save you. The Bible says this simply, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, let me ask you something today. Do you want to know Jesus today? Do you want to know your sins are gone today? You can come to him. 